And I don't think he's going to throw the ball as much as he thinks he's going to throw the ball now that Chip Kelly's on board. And I'm happy about that. More quarterback. Um, the truth is, Ryan Day has made a change philosophically. But it's none of those. You all know who wins. LSU is the drunkest fan base in the country. Start. <laughs> so, I'm going to start again. Welcome into Juck on Bucks. I just riffed off this thing for about 10 minutes. And I realized that I'm so worked up that I'm speaking so fast. I don't know if anyone can understand me. So I'm going to try again with a calmer voice and talk a little slower because I can feel my ears getting hot. And it's not just from these earphones I'm wearing. So last week I did a video, Calm Down Chuck, and I laid out a plan that I thought the eventual plan, the inevitable plan for the future college football and what it was going to look like for the Buckeyes. And I was talking about that, not to talk about that, but to make fun of Notre Dame's cocky AD, Jack Swarbrick. And that doesn't matter right now. But I wasn't talking about it to talk about the playoff. But it's, we got to talk about it now because things are changing and they're flipping on their head and it's happening fast. Here's what I said. The Big Ten and the SEC are clearly in the power positions. Now they're breaking bread together. So from the talks that they're having now, we know that they're sitting in and they're having little talks just amongst themselves. They're going to decide that they're going to dictate terms about how this playoff is going to go in this playoff management meeting that, that's happening now. This is the meeting they're having that they want to go from 12 to 14 teams. So the Big Ten and the, and the SEC behind the scenes are meeting with each other and formulating a plan for how they're going to approach this meeting with the rest of college football. So they're going to dictate terms to the rest of these teams, and when the rest of them balk at the terms that they dictate, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to say, okay, and they're going to do their own thing. But before they do their own thing, they're going to turn to the remaining relevant football programs in the ACC and the Big 12, and they're going to bring them in. And of course, those teams seeing the writing on the wall are going to join, and they'll do it at a reduced rate. Because what's left over after that happens, it's, I mean, you're one double A at this point. So when I said it, I assumed this was still five. 10 years away. It's not. It's right around the corner. And we're sitting here talking about this playoff going from 12 to 14 teams as if this is big news. It's nothing compared to what college football is about to look like in just a, just a short time. Now, we saw the playoff change at warp speed, and we saw that they were, or they are willing to change the format of this 12-team playoff that they just introduced before we even play a single one. So why should we doubt that they will flip this entire structure on its head. We shouldn't, because it is clear now that they're going to do whatever the hell they want. So an article was published just the other day from ESPN, and it stated that someone inside the discussions in the Big Ten and the SEC meetings that I just talked about informed ESPN that the presidents and chancellors were discussing seceding from the NCAA, and some feel very strongly about it. Now, they're already talking about it inside the meetings, and they leaked this intentionally. It's what I call a blessed leak. A blessed leak is meant to look like a leak, but the person leaking it wants it to get out. They're giving their blessing. They go to a reporter and they say, listen, we want this out, but we want it out at a credible source. So take this to ESPN. Here's our statement. They go and report it as and it's a leak. We all think it's a leak. It's not a leak. And it's meant to get out to gauge one public interest and two, prepare us for the bullshit that's coming down the line. And it's bullshit and it's coming. So what's happening here? The Big Ten 
and the SEC are making a proposal at this college, this 11 member group, the FBS commissioners, Notre Dame, and everybody else, right? And this is where they're deciding from the 12 to 14 team playoff how it's going to be structured. And the Big Ten and the SEC are sitting here deciding what are we going to propose to them that we want to see happen. Here's what their first proposal is. 14 teams, the SEC and the Big Ten each get four automatic bids. The ACC and the Big 12 each get two automatic bids. The group of five gets one, which leaves one spot left, which leaves one spot left over for the next highest ranked team. So upon hearing this, the smaller schools, everybody else outside the Big Ten and the the Big Ten and the SEC, so the ACC, Big 12, and, and the group of five, everybody else, made a counterproposal. Their counterproposal to the Big Ten and the SEC was the SEC can have three and the Big Ten can have three automatic qualifiers. The ACC gets two. The Big 12 gets two. The group of five gets one with three at large. So the Big Ten and the ACC, the Big Ten and the SEC laid out their terms that they knew were not going to be acceptable to everybody else because they wanted them to say no, and they did say no. And immediately after they said no, we're starting to hear rumblings about the Big Ten and the SEC considering pulling away. Now here comes the third proposal and most egregious one that Ross Dellinger just leaked. So this is insane. The Big Ten and the SEC want to their next proposal was to guarantee that each that the buys go to the SEC and the Big Ten guaranteed and that the ACC and the Big 12 can no longer even be eligible for the buys. Now that is preposterous, absolutely preposterous to call this any kind of fair playoff if that's the kind of structure and attitude you're going into a negotiation with. We know that. I mean, that's so blatantly obvious that you know they're, they can't agree to that. That would be insane to agree to. Obviously, they, the Big Ten and the SEC know that they will not agree to this. So now come the next leaks. Big Ten expansion. Who's the Big Ten going after and how long are they going to wait? Because once the Big Ten and the SEC raid the rest of the successful college football programs, which they're going to do, then everybody it's curtains for everybody else. So the Big Ten is and the SEC are playing absolute hardball, and it's going to be our way or the highway for the rest of you, and they're threatening it with, all right, we're going to go start raiding, send out the leaks, who's the next in the Big Ten? And this is just utter insanity that this has happened so fast from where we were five years ago with a 14 playoff. The ACC had Clemson and Florida State winning national championships. Granted, as a conference as a whole, they weren't a great conference, but certainly viable. And now we're talking about these conferences are about to get rated for let's talk about who's about to get rated, right? Florida State, Clemson, Miami, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Virginia, NC State, Duke, pull them out of the ACC. They can pick which one they want to go to. Big Ten or the SEC. Now, the SEC and the Big Ten, they'll be fighting over who they want. There's more valuable properties in there. North Carolina is a very valuable one. Um, some that aren't as valuable. So they're going to fight. They're, they both want North Carolina. They both want Virginia. Um, they're going to both want Miami. Miami's a higher educational school. Those are more desirable to them. But I'd estimate that all those schools end up in one of the Big Ten or the SEC. Then they're going to go to the Big 12. They're going to grab Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, TCU, maybe Kansas, Oklahoma State. 
I just named 14 schools, divide them up evenly, and we're talking 24 in the Big Ten and 24 in the SEC. That's 48 teams. And now, major college football just went from 136 teams to 48 teams. And these 48 teams and these two conferences are now our, if we want to call it NFL style, our AFC and NFC. And they are now going to restructure these conferences down into multiple divisions. We're going to be in a Big Ten with three to four divisions. And the teams that are left over, they're going to be running a much smaller scale playoff after they restructure their own conferences, what's left over. They're going to restructure conferences and they're going to have their own playoff. And essentially, they're going to be one, the new 1AA because nobody's going to care about them outside of the fans of those schools. I mean, that, this is happening. I'm telling you, this is utterly insane. I can't believe I'm saying it, but this is happening. This is going down. And it just blows my mind how fast this has changed and the tactics that these guys have taken. I mean, this is not good faith. This is not what's best for the game. This is what's best for them. I'm a traditionalist college football fan. So obviously, I don't like change, period, in college football. I've loved it all my life. I loved it the way it was. And every time we have these incremental changes, I piss and moan a bit. But this is absolutely turning the entire sport on its head. Now, there are some benefits as a Buckeye fan, and we're going to get into those. But as a whole, I'm just absolutely flabbergasted to the point that the first 10 minute video I made on this, I watched back and I couldn't even understand myself. And I, I mean, I want to tell you, I, I might not have done the best job explaining that. And I know there's a whole lot of acronyms in there, but I'm, I, I just, I want to reiterate guys, I truly believe this is happening in the next two to three years that the big 10 and the sec are both expanding and it's going to happen rapidly and this playoff that we're sitting here worried about going from 12 to 14 teams without even playing one rendition of the 12-teamer means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things because this is all going to change. And, and we're talking the playoffs are now going to look like the NFL. And the regular season is now going to feel like the NFL. It's going to be boring and stale and the games aren't going to mean as much and the wins and the losses aren't going to mean as much. And this is everything I didn't want and here we are. It's all for money. The next two, I think that the Big Ten are going to get, as members, are Florida State and Notre Dame. And when you get Florida State and Notre Dame, you're now at 20 teams. So at 20 teams, you're either going to 22 or 24. So, you know, we're talking Notre Dame and Florida State. I think we'll be playing conference games against them you know, it, it might even be as soon as, as uh, 2026, really. It might be that soon. And uh, once we get to that point, full-blown NFL, here we go. So, you know, we're, we're still, as we move forward on our schedule, once this happens, we're still going to have the Purdue's, the Northwesterns, the Indianas in our conference and on our schedule. But they are going to represent, you know, the dregs of the Big Ten are going to be a much smaller percentage of the teams in the Big Ten, which means our games per year that are exciting games against quality opponents goes up, which means our regular season is much more exciting. You know, currently, and it's been this way for a while, we generally have one big out-of-conference game at the beginning of the year. Then we have 
Michigan at the end of the year, so we can always bank on two big games to get fired up for in the regular season. And then we always get Penn State. That's always a good game. So we can always count on three great games during the regular season. Um, We were hoping that this season was going to give us one extra. It did not. So we're heading into next season with just three good games next season with uh, Oregon, Michigan, and uh, I'm drawing a blank, guys. I'm drawing a blank. I'm so fired up here. The point is we're going to get more big games during the regular season, and I love that. It's one thing that we can take away from this that we can be happy about. We're going to get more big games during the regular season. But the excitement of the regular season is that when you think back the last 10 years of the games we've lost, the devastation we feel when we lose a game in the regular season, it's the fear of feeling that. It's the fear of losing and that loss meaning so much that makes the wins so much sweeter. And when you lose that, look, you guys are NFL fans. I'm a Browns fan. You know, Browns had a great season going last year. When the Browns lose in the regular season, it feels nothing like when the Buckeyes lose. Absolutely no. It doesn't mean I don't love the Browns as much. I do. I, I don't. But I kind of do. But it just doesn't mean so much when you lose. And it doesn't mean so much when you win because it doesn't mean so much when you lose. And we've lost that. So now it's all about the playoff moving forward. And our path to the playoff is ridiculously easy. So we'll be in it every year, which again, now the, the regular season is even taken more for granted. And these exciting, fun matchups we have to look forward to just don't mean as much. Boy, do we escalate quickly here, man. You know, I mean, we can unequivocally lose three games in the regular season, every regular season to make the playoffs. And we can do that next year. And we only have three big games. Lose them all, we're still in the postseason. I find that incredibly boring. And when I, when I say us, I'm just saying like I'm, I'm putting, you know, like this is, what, this is how we can all relate is by thinking about ourselves. But when, what I'm really saying is I'm looking at the teams that I root for to lose and it really takes away a lot of that fun. You know, I, I, I watch Georgia. I watch Bama. I watch these teams. And when they're in a tight game, I'm fired up because if they lose, it may ruin their whole season. That is exciting stuff, man. That means nothing anymore. Absolutely nothing. It's a shrug. And missing out on that sucks. It's now all about the postseason, which is what basketball is, which is what every other sport is. And college football was different. And now it's not going to be different in that way anymore. And the people that have sat here making the argument, like Doug LaMarie, calling people like me buffoons and, and challenging us to uh to take down his argument try to well here's their argument that college football has the smallest percentage of teams that make the playoffs when you compare college football we're talking nine percentish make the playoffs in the nba and the nfl and mlb 40 to 50 percent of their teams make the playoffs so i think we'll be fine with nine percent well there's a massive difference he knows it number one there's 134 teams and as we're seeing right now with what the SEC and the Big Ten are doing, how many of them actually matter, right? So now your percentage goes way down because we know that only 48 of them actually matter or actually have a shot. And out of that 48, how many really have a shot at a national championship? You and I know 15 to 20 tops. 
And out of that 15 to 20, how many of them in a, re- in a season deserve to actually have a shot at getting into that playoff? Well, we can look at any top 20 of any given year and see that in that top 20, we're going to find a team that ends the regular season with four losses, uh, several of them. And, I mean, that, that's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous, dude. So three and four loss teams don't belong in the playoff. Ohio State can go through their season every year and lose three games and make the playoffs every year. That is a garbage system. And his argument sucks. USC lives off the past. Yes, USC does live off the past. There's no doubt. Um, thank you, Sean. Yeah, they're talking mad smack, man. USC and, uh, and Michigan have clicked up, and they are coming against uh, Ohio State and Oregon who've clicked up. And I'll tell you what, I don't mind, I don't mind being allies with the Ducks, man. They're, they've been kind of cool fans. I, I'm kind of enjoying them. And I really respect their program, and I respect them as fans. They've been really good to deal with. Um, the SC folks, I mean, they are just, first off, listen, nobody's really fans of USC. And that's why I don't respect these guys as fans. They're not fans of USC. They're not fans. They're fake fans, man. They're totally fake fans. They don't care. They never care. They, they don't go to games. They don't care unless, unless USC is a Hollywood-level team. That's the only time they care. No, they're too busy talking about, oh, we got so much to do out here, man. Shut up, nerds. So anyway, guys, I just wanted to update you and, uh, and kind of blow off some steam because I'm salty. I'm salty about this. And it's just, you know, I got a red face and I just can't want to blow it out to you. But everything's changing. It's changing fast. Everything I'm talking about came from Ross Dellinger, from Yahoo Sports, and from ESPN. This is not me making some theories up. I'm just connecting the dots. And, you know, we're seeing it right in front of our face. And we're just putting, putting two pieces together here. This is coming. It's coming fast. And why do we know it's coming fast? Normally, I would think, okay, these things take time. I used to think that way until I heard that these idiots are trying to change the 12-team playoff we've never played into 14 teams. And they're trying to do it now before we even play the first rendition. And when I heard that, I knew I need to change the way my thinking is. These things no longer take time. They are now just going, rewriting the rules as we go. And there's no reason I should believe that the Big Ten or the SEC have any reason to wait a prolonged period of time and and make this happen slowly because they now clearly have all the power and the remaining schools that are worth a damn and the ACC and the Big 12 know they have the power. They see what's going on clearer than I do. And they're going to want, they're already trying to get the hell out. There's no doubt about that. Because if they are left on the outside, any school left on the outside of this, they just cut the value of their athletic department. Uh, I mean, so, you know, if you got a athletic department bringing in, you know, 80 million a year, uh, if you are left out of this, you're now talking, I don't know, 16 million. Like you just took an unbelievable hit in your athletic department and your TV rights. I mean, astronomical, the amount of money that the difference in the amount of money from making it into the big 10 or the sec and this cut line and getting left on the outside. It is, uh, I don't even need to tell you guys, you understand what I'm saying here. Uh, and again, I'm just running through all this and, uh, 
in live time here. I should have just gone live. Should have just done that. But anyway, I'll pump this out and uh, I hope to get your comments on it. And I hope you tell me I'm crazy and I hope you're right because I don't want this to happen. But I fear that it is happening and I fear that it is happening fast. So 